pelvic pain is near and dear to my heart. Um, there are a host of success stories that I have about, you know, getting people back to having intercourse and, you know, living a pain-free life. And I've had so many women who have had, you know, pelvic pain and then I've treated them and then they've been able to have babies. And I said, you know, I didn't care at all. And, you know, the doctors commented on how stretchy my pelvic floor was. Um, and I said, that's because of months and months of PT. Welcome to Fit as a Fiddle. My name is Dr. Sneha Ghazi, and I'm a physical therapist and business owner in New York City. Each episode, we bring you phenomenal guests in the health and wellness industry who share inspiring tips and tangible advice. This podcast is for a community of people who want to keep their mind, body, and spirit healthy and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, review, and enjoy the show. Welcome to our very first episode. I'm a little biased here because our first three interviews on this podcast are on my absolute favorite topic, pelvic floor physical therapy. As a pelvic PT myself, I love hearing other clinicians talk about their work and how passionate they are because it's just such an important part of our body and it often gets missed. So firstly, for those of you who don't know, pelvic floor PT is basically a type of orthopedic physical therapy. It's like the type you would go in for an ankle sprain or a back pain, but it touches on a very important part of our body, the pelvic floor. And it's literally just that. The pelvic floor is the base of our pelvis. It encompasses our pubic bone, our tailbone, everything in between. It has muscles, ligaments, blood vessels, nerves, fascia, and houses so many of our organs for bowel, bladder, and sexual function. Pelvic floor PT specialize in treating the entire male and female body, but we include treatment of the pelvis, and we do not forget about the muscles in this area that prevent us from peeing and pooing ourselves, <laughs> for starters, um, the muscles that support our organs and allow childbirth and reproduction to happen. Basically, we're the jack-of-all-trades in physical therapy, but master of the pelvis. So you'll learn more about this during our first couple of interviews, and all of whom are amazing pelvic floor PTs and really great human beings who are dedicating their lives to this field. We'll get right ahead. Our first guest is Ashley Crew Campatella. She's a pelvic floor PT and a board-certified women's health specialist in Pennsylvania. She loves incorporating pain neuroscience into her work, and she's developed a pelvic floor program in many of the clinics she's worked at. She mentors others in this field because pelvic PT it is a growing field in the world of PT, and she spends much of her time educating people in the community on pelvic health rehab and how it can change lives. She's bright, full of energy, and her patients truly love her because of this. I'm so, so excited to have her on as our first guest, Ashley Crew Campatella. Hi everyone, my name is Ashley. Um, I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania, so Western Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Um, right now I uh, treat in central Pennsylvania near Harrisburg, Hershey, like chocolate bar Hershey. Um, and so I've been a PT now for about nine and a half years and been treating pelvic floor problems for about nine years all told. Um, and so gradually have been increasing knowledge throughout those nine years, but altogether about nine. 
Awesome. And what brought you to pelvic floor physical therapy specifically? Um, that's always the question, isn't it? Um, so whenever I was in graduate school, uh, our research topics were sort of assigned to us. Mm -hmm. um, and mine ended up being about PT for incontinence. And so I did that research. It was interesting. Um, then when I took my first job at an outpatient orthopedic company, they asked uh, what did I wanted to specialize in. Uh, they really promoted specialization of their PTs. Um, and so I told them at the time I was interested in pediatrics because I had done a rotation in peds. Um, but then I told them, you know, I did my research in women's health incontinence. I'm not intimidated by it. It's kind of interesting, but I know nothing about it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So they said, well, we really need that because there wasn't anything available in the pelvic health world where I'm at now um, at that point in time. So they sent me to my very first course and I started treating. Um, and the, so the story goes, I very naively uh, went and opened the doors to the clinic, said, send in women's health patients, thinking I was going to treat, you know, women with, you know, incontinence, maybe a little prolapse, you know, just pretty basic stuff. Um, and my very first patient walked through my door and had a seven year history of severe vaginismus um, after an ectopic pregnancy. And she just was just so, like there was so much going on there, massive psychosocial component. Um, and I did her eval and then I said, I'm not qualified to treat you. Um, you know, let's find someone else because I've only been to this first beginner course and I'm not sure what I'm doing. And I said, so let's, let's find you another PT, somebody who's got years of experience. Um, she said at that point, um, you're it. She said, I have to travel an hour, hour and a half to, uh, you know, Baltimore or Philadelphia somewhere else. If it's not you, because there is nobody else. And so she kind of just said like, so if you're willing to treat me, I will happily come and see you um, because that's, that's my only option. I don't, I can't drive. Yeah. So um, she took a ginormous leap of faith, which um, I very much appreciated. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was a brand new grad PT. Um, I remember kind of talking her through, you know, well, if it was your hamstring muscle, this is what I would be doing. Um, and just convinced I was going to lose my license the entire time um, because I was just terrified. Um, so, but the, the pivotal moment um, in, you know, throughout her treatment program, she came in um, one day with a bag of M&Ms and a bouquet of flowers. And she said, these are from my husband. You saved my marriage. I mean, that was, that sealed the deal for sure. Um, just I thought that was amazing. And, um, but yeah, so then I was like, okay, well, I need to, I need to learn this. I need to be good at it. I need to, because if I just sort of, you know, fumbling can make that kind of change for a person, you know, how amazing will it be when I'm actually know what I'm doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so from there on, I just continued to grow and learn, um, and now have developed it into all I treat now is public health for this big outpatient ortho company. Um, and I've been starting programs in several clinics and do consultations and I'm working towards building a residency program within our company um, wow. and lots of mentoring. Yeah. Um, so it's been a very cool journey since then. Well, your energy is amazing and your patients must love you because you're just phenomenal. 
Thank you. Great that, you know, sometimes you have to take that leap of faith, whether you're the practitioner or the patient when it comes to certain situations that are just so gray area sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like a social component of public or physical therapy. Like honestly, my psych degree from undergrad comes in more in handy in half of my yes. Studies. My bachelor's is a psych too. So yes, hundred percent. There you go. <laughs> so it's crazy that, you know, we really have to address that. And if we don't, it's really just missing a huge piece of the puzzle. So. Right. A hundred percent. And I remember the very first course, the CEU course I ever took was the David Butler, Laura Mosley explain, explain pain yep. stuff. Yep. And I remember just being just blown away by that um, because I hadn't gotten any exposure to that in grad school. Um, or undergrad or any of that. Um, and then my second CEU course was level one pelvic floor. And I was like, but this is amazing too. Um, and so it was like, okay, well, how do I merge those two things together? Um, and so now, you know, here I am nine years later and pelvic pain is the number one thing that I treat. Um, and I'm kind of known for um, as, the, as the person who does the, the weird pelvic pain stuff that people can't figure out. So it has come together very nicely. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I guess we've touched on this in terms of at least the psychosocial part, but what do you think is the biggest thing that public floor physical therapists can bring to the table in terms of just physical therapy as a whole, both looking at it from a perspective of a standalone physical therapy uh, way or path, and also as an adjunct to other kinds of, you know, other genres of treatment. Right. Um, I think as the standalone, when I think about, you know, what I do, I think the number one thing that I do is really get women and men in tune with their bodies and listening to their bodies, mm-hmm. um, especially to an area of our bodies that people don't think about typically until it's not working right. Um, and so I think that just that number one thing that I'm always working with patients is, you know, kind of feeling what your, what your body doing and what's going on there and really taking the moment to tune in um, to that area. Um, and then, you know, going from there to give that your body what it needs, um, to heal itself. And I think, I think we as pelvic floor therapists, I think we're, we do that. If I can generalize better than some of the just sports therapists or outpatient orthopedics, um, we're really asking patients to really be aware and engaged of this area of our body that we don't think about, because it's not like it's your elbow. You can't see it. Um, unless you, you know, take the time to take your pants off and get a mirror and do anything, you know, all the things. Right. Um, so I think that's probably the number one benefit of us is really um, getting patients kind of aware of that area of their body and then the education component. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do more education as a pelvic floor PT than I ever do in outpatient ortho. Um, just mm-hmm. when you think about like the physiology of how the bowel, uh, the bowel and the bladder and the pelvic floor are all related. So much education. And then I would say as a, as an adjunct to, you know, other PTs, um, I do a lot, like I mentioned, I do a lot of consultations, both within the clinics that I work in most of the time, mm-hmm. and then throughout the other clinics in my area, um, where uh, like if they have a patient who maybe like, for instance, I have a patient, um, who the one therapist is seeing for a knee problem, but in the course of his knee therapy, he's also had an inguinal hernia repair, yeah. um, which is now limiting what he can do because of his knee problem. Um, and so, you know, this other therapist said, Ashley, can you, I have no idea what to do for a hernia repair that he's got some weird nerve stuff and 
Um, and so just being able to do a one or two session visit of here, let me talk about some, you know, manual treatment change to that area. Um, and just because we just, I think, get more education and more knowledge of all of that area of our body and all the connections and the fascia, especially. Yeah. Um, I think we, if I, again, generalizing, we have a better understanding of myofascial work than the, my, in my experience, like the outpatient ortho PTs do. Um, and just getting the organ systems involved. And I know I mentioned, you know, the one therapist about like a, like maybe it's the genital branch of the genital femoral nerve mm -hmm. the other day. And they were like, wait, hold on, wait, that's, that was a long time ago. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I think it can serve as a really nice adjunct where I'm saying, oh yeah, do you remember like lumbosacral plexus? Let's go back to it and remember how it all wraps around. That's so, yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you. I mean, and in general, like when you're working with like the elbow or the neck or the lumbar spine, there's so much range of motion and you can see so much osteokinematically. And right. then you're looking at the pelvic floor and there's like a few millimeters of movement and this, everything is so small. It's not like the quadricep muscle. It's <laughs> big and you can feel and see these trigger points and tight areas or, you know, fasciculations and, you know, you don't really see that in the pelvic floor. And so we have to be more subtle. I think that's like right so true what you said it's like a subtlety and kind of understanding that part of the body that's so different from everything but exactly the same at the same time right exactly you can still apply those same orthopedic principles just to an area of the body we don't usually we usually just skip right over so yeah okay. awesome so i wanted to know what is your favorite patient case so anything that kind of touches your heart i know you touched on this first patient that had the pelvic pain and vaginismus, but is there any other kind of diagnoses or a specific patient that just, you know, kind of is your awesome success story? So some patients that are listening may be like, oh, you know, I have that problem. I can be helped too. Right. Absolutely. Um, so yes, pelvic pain is near and dear to my heart. Um, there are a host of success stories that I have about, you know, getting people back to having intercourse and, you know, living a pain-free life. And I've had so many women who have had, you know, pelvic pain and then I've treated them and then they've been able to have babies. And I said, you know, I didn't tear at all. And, you know, the doctors commented on how stretchy my pelvic floor was. Um, and I said, that's because of months and months of PT. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning um, and makes me just super excited. Um, but I would say my other probably all-time favorite patient um, has to be um, a gentleman who is transgender. Um, and I was seeing him post-op step one. Um, so had, had, there's usually two bottom surgeries and he was post-op stage one. Um, so he wasn't quite finished with his uh, journey. So, um, and so understand in central Pennsylvania, it is rural. It is not the most open-minded area of the country. Um, and this sweet man called my clinic. Um, he'd had to go to New York City for his surgery, which is four hours anyway, um, a drive. Um, and he called my clinic and he asked to speak to me because he had literally Googled um, pelvic floor PTs and I was practically in his backyard and he was shocked. Um, so, but then he called my clinic. Um, he was saying that, you know, he asked um, if I would be comfortable treating him. 
Um, he was having some incontinence after his stage one surgery. Um, and, and just the idea that he'd have to call to, to ask me if I'm okay, if I would be comfortable. And I said, well, I've only ever seen one other transgender person before. Um, so if you want someone with more experience, that's fair. Um, and I'll happily help you find someone like that. However, I will also happily delve into the research and do whatever I can to best assist you. Yeah. Um, and so he was, he was, again, taking that leap of faith and said, nope, that's fine. If you'll treat me, I'll come. Um, and was just so open with everything because I was curious um, and had questions for him about the operative stages. And is, you know, is it okay if I go get your operative reports so that I can understand and then he had lots of questions about why am I having this weird muscle twitch inside somewhere um, and like helping him kind of piece it together after I started reading his op reports um, and working through and just watching him go through this amazing transformation where he was saying, you know, before he started to transition, he social anxiety would not leave his house. His psychologist would do like phone like consultations with him because he didn't leave his house. And then to watch him, and I'm in this huge outpatient ortho clinic with four PTs and like three PTAs and like hustle bustle sports medicine. And he like to watch him sort of blossom and interact with people. Um, and you just would never know he had any social anxiety whatsoever. Um, and just just watching everyone interact with him and then getting him back to very functional exercises, doing you know things that he wanted to do in the gym and do deadlifts and things like that. Um, I mean, that just, it was amazing for me. Um, just th to think about that it all started with him saying, are you willing to treat me knowing that I'm transgender? And I'm like, I don't give a crap. Like, I'm so happy to you know help you any way I can. Yeah. Um, and so just, yeah, so very cool. Um, and then actually he just emailed me like this week saying, hey, I'm doing great. Everything's fabulous. Um, but I am having this weird cramping now in I'm not sure where it is or what it is, you know, or any of the things you've had me do before would be good for that. Um, and so just be able to like kind of engage him in kind of continued conversation has just been fabulous for me. Oh, well, your patients should be so blessed to have you because you're so full of energy and spirit. And um, thank you so much for sharing all this information. I hope all the listeners, physical therapists, non-physical therapists, patients, um, people who are interested in public health, gain something from yeah. Ashley and our conversation. Um, and thank you so much, Ashley, for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone gained a lot of new information out of this episode please subscribe and review the show. It means the world. I can't wait for you to listen to the next episode.